von Rügischer Uwebord kommt ein Film, der so buße ist, dass man nicht alleine sein will. <coughs> Excuse me. What I meant to say was, in a world where Tara Reid is the smartest person in the room, reality is optional. Wait, you all don't don't punch us. Actually, we do learn a little bit about his character and his backstory throughout the movie, and you just get to a point where you realize that you don't care. Right. Hundreds of movies are released every year. Some are good. Some are great. And many of them are really, really bad. We seek out those rare gems that are so bad, they're actually good. At least when you watch them with friends. Sit back and laugh with us as we share our completely unqualified reviews of some of the worst films of our lifetimes. This is Bad Movies, Worst Reviews. Bad Movies, Worst Reviews. Bad Movies, Worst Reviews. Oh, yeah. All right, welcome back to Bad Movies, Worst Reviews. I'm Bjorn. I'm Bracken. I'm Nate. I'm Ben. And we just finished. Oh. And I'm Danny. Producer Danny. Producer Danny. There's we- Danny. <laughs> we just finished watching Alone in the Dark, an Uva Bowl uh, masterpiece. Um, compared to within the, the, the Uva Bowl. In the Uva Bowlverse. <laughs> in the Bowlverse. It, it was definitely a piece. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give you, as we're trying to do, I'm going to give you a little bit of a synopsis here. Um, Ben dared me to (laughs) get this down to something coherent, so this is the best I can do. Yeah, this is going to be quite a feat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is going to be, if it works, if he pulls it off, this is like a better than the script. Right. Yeah, so this is 96 minutes, I think the movie was. I'm going to boil it down to about a minute and a half, and that is the entire story. All right, here we go. A runaway orphan from a shady government organization joins said organization later in life to hunt down paranormal situations. That's Slater. Later, he dates a museum coordinator who specializes in ancient civilizations that were also wiped out for unknown reasons. With myths of opening a barrier between a shadow realm, he finds an artifact that triggers a bunch of sleeper agents to activate and come after him. They narrow down where the paranormal stuff is coming from, and the agency goes to shut it down. Shadow agencies are released... And swarm the scene. Slater and girlfriend save the day, all while accompanied by heavy metal Euro trash. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's so perfect. That was a great recap. I, I kind of think that's a better explanation than the movie deserves. So <laughs> it's weird because the movie starts and it's got this giant explanation before the movie even begins. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like this entire backstory. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't in the original cut. Yeah. So when they released it, no, it didn't make sense to anybody. And so they had to put that 10 whatever minute scroll of the guy talking in an intense voice yeah. telling you, here's everything that you're going to miss throughout this movie. And I'm going to explain it to you right up front. And I'm going to read it to you yeah, because yeah. I don't trust that you can read it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So um, I recommended this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, guys. And um, so my wife and I watched this. A few years ago, and this was before Uva Bowl was even on my radar. It was just, I don't even know, it might have been like the physical Netflix DVD era. And we're just like, whatever, we're just loading up our queue, right? Mm-hmm. So stuff would just show up at the house. So we watched this, and 
like halfway through, both of us were looking at each other like, what are we doing? Why are we still watching this? Like, <laughs> this movie is so bad. Yes. And so when we started doing this podcast, immediately, I was like, at some point, we got to do Alone in the Dark. Yeah. Um, I also am not the only one who believes this. It has had <laughs> tons of Razzies, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it got a Golden Raspberry. All sorts of negative press. Um, Uva Bowl will fight you if you disagree. That's right. Um, he, thinks it's a, he thinks it's amazing. Uh, what did you guys think? It was very Uva Bowl. <laughs> I mean, it, it was yeah. like uh, I came to know Uva Bowl after watching a couple of because I love video games and I see these video game movies that he kind of is known for. Yeah. And then I watch him and I'm like, oh, man, that was bad and stuff. I didn't I've never seen this one before today. And so uh, I knew who he was, but <laughs> and I kind of knew what to expect. Yeah. And I got exactly what I expected. How would you explain to someone who doesn't know who a Uwe Boll is what that means? It's very Uwe Boll. So, yeah, I was you know, this I was not uh, familiar with the director at all or any of uh, these video games. So this was my first foray into the Bolliverse. Yeah, I was yeah. completely, this is a whole new land for me. So I, didn't, I did not know what to expect. It's not Italian. So He's I don't chubbing. have any point of reference other than yeah. this movie at this point to, to know what uh, this director is capable of. Uh, this is the high watermark. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, uh, wow. So, Uwe Boll is a German. Uh He's a, a German movie director uh, who lives in Canada. He started his career making a few movies in uh, in Germany. Basically, he and his friends loved movies, and they're like, "Hey, let's make a movie." And they used to make their own little movies, and then they like got hold of a thirty-five millimeter camera, and they're like, "Hey, let's make another one." And they made one that kind of did well in festivals in Germany, and they sold it to some network or something in Germany. And got uh, some money, like $50,000 or something like that. And that was the seed of everything Uva Bull after that. Bad seed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so be, um, he invested his money. And because of uh, like the way that um, like the incentives, yeah, and, yeah, the incentives in Germany to uh, try to get people to make movies... Uh, he, uh, I should say, this is an important part. He uh, has a PhD in German literature and a master's degree in economics. So he kind of understands how to use money. And uh, he took advantage of everything that Germany offered and kind of made a little, little bitty nest egg that he would always just reinvest. He's a great salesman. So he convinces people to you know give him more money to make movies but for the most part he's paying for them out of his own pocket out of the profits from the previous film he's like a german adam sandler uh yeah i mean right? he is. same kind of idea right yeah um he loves he loves film and by uh from a lot of people he actually understands film but he has a very hard time actually applying the things that he understands and he and because he's paying for it nobody can tell him to do anything differently he's very um headstrong yeah he's very headstrong and he just like 
has no filter. So if you don't agree with him, he tells you where to go. And and as we have <laughs> kind of mentioned, there is even a moment where uh, he challenged five of uh, his critics to fight him in a boxing match and so he beat the crap out of five of five of his critics <laughs> literally um and they enjoyed that better than his movies yes they did <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully not literally <laughs> um go ahead oh it's, it's funny because like when you start to talk about like the really early days of mm-hmm. movable he loved film he was make these films yeah, with yeah. his friends I had a flash. I was like, so he has a similar origin story to Sam Raimi. Yeah. But mm-hmm. somewhere their paths diverge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Because, you know, Sam Raimi and Uva Bull are nothing alike. Nothing alike, no. So, Uva Bull, he kind of found a niche. He kind of found a niche, which was video game movies. Because uh, in the early 90s, there were these video games that, I mean, there <laughs> nobody was making movies about video games. And he was like, hey, can you sell me the movie rights to your video game? And they're like, sure. And they would just give him the rights and then wash their hands of it. Like, they didn't want to be involved with it. They just let him do whatever he wanted. So he would very loosely interpret these movies into... Uh, or these games into movies. I mean, his first video game movie was House of the Dead, which if you've ever played the video game, it's an arcade game with a light gun, and you stand there, maybe with a partner, shooting at a horde of zombies that just come forward. The backgrounds don't move or anything. It's it's like Duck Hunt with zombies. And he made a movie about that. He made up some story, and and it was uh, largely criticized as being a very bad movie. And so he decided to try harder. Actually, he doesn't... What people say never changes his mind, right? He doesn't care that people don't like his movies. He only cares if you say you don't like his movies and you haven't seen it. But if you've seen it and you don't like it, he's like, fine, you're an idiot, but I'm not going to change anything that I do, right? So he tries again with Alone in the Dark, and that's where we got to come in. Now I want to wondering what Duck Hunt the movie would be like. <laughs> it's Offer it to Uva. <laughs> so, what was the video? Do we know what the video game this mo- this movie's based on is about or like? Yeah. Yes. So, early '90s, <clears throat> there were video games. They were like point and click adventures. Like, and mixed. a lot of them were like even before that started as like text adventures where it's like it's just text scroll where it's like you are in a room what do you want to do so you type things like walk forward and then it it would change and say you are now facing a mountain or something right Mm -hmm. so this was that kind of game but it had a really cool like animated it was very early computer graphics yeah i mean almost like cell shaded it was it was kind of i mean it had a cool little art style has nothing to do with like demonic creatures or anything like that it's like a detective dude he Uh seems like a dorky detective dude who goes around like picking up keys and punching out bats and stuff like that yeah he looks in wardrobes and looks in um dressers and stuff and if he's lucky he'll find something yeah that will maybe help him with a puzzle later on yeah at the end of that video game uh, you fight a boss who ends up being Tara Reid. So I, I guess that's the time. <laughs> yeah. mm, it was unclear to me. I didn't play the game, but I think I read that somewhere. <laughs> this, yeah, right. th- there's a museum curator whose hair is up. 
<laughs> you can tell she's smart because her hair is up and she wears glasses. Yeah, so Tara Reid really gets to show off her range in this movie because <laughs> she's she's the, you know she's got her hair up and she's the smart scientist. When we first are introduced to her, she's got glasses on. She's uh, you know looking down at the heavy set uh, guards that are at the museum or whatever. Right, and then uh, she. Uh, gets to put her hair down later in the movie and is become more like an Indiana Jones right. like adventure. She's got scene. makeup on. For one yeah. scene, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that's kind of the range I mean, it, of her It's a character. continuation of the scene. Right. Like they cut to something and then they cut back to the same scene yeah. and now her hair is up and her glasses are on because yes. she's looking at a she's computer screen. She's looking at computer again, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so there's lots of parts in this movie that reminded me of other movies. Uh, especially, I think there's a big, heavy Indiana Jones influence, yeah, right? I see that. And and one of the scenes uh, where uh, Christian Slater enters, you know, because we find out uh, that Tara Reed's uh, boyfriend died or went missing hey, three yeah. months ago. Very handsome. And it, we find right. out that it's him. <laughs> but when he shows up and they're reunited. Her first thing is to punch him across the chops, right? Just like in uh, Karen and Allen Marianne, does in Raiders uh, of the Lost yeah. Ark with Harrison Ford. So there's that kind of a, a scene and dynamic. <laughs> but this this movie is kind of a combination, I would say, of Indiana Jones and Aliens, aliens. but without any story or good acting no or suspense, suspense or uh, scares well, or anything that's good. <laughs> about those movies take all the good stuff that you enjoyed and then that's it's that's pretty much what you have well, left and, over and in times a film noir kind of soundtrack yeah. intermixed with heavy metal action strobing gun yeah fights. euro euro yeah. metal yeah. yeah there was there was also some like film noir voiceovers yeah from christian, christian slater. slater yeah and i i think that if it was a film noir like if they just went <laughs> film noir it would have been better i yeah. mean Really, anything would have been better, but like this. <laughs> really, yeah. <laughs> but like, I thought that would have actually been somewhat interesting because he was costumed that way, right? Dirty old trench coat with for some reason had a ton of buckles on it, right? And you know, and and you got that vibe from him, but it, it's like it. They started that way, and then they said it. Nah. <laughs> well, so the original script, there were uh, two guys. I can't remember their names, so I'll have to look it up. But Uva and Bull. <clears throat> Uva and Bull. <laughs> so uh, Uva had reached out to these guys to write a script, and uh, apparently these guys were new scripts. You know, th- they were hungry for jobs, and so this was before Uva really had like kind of a notoriety, right? right? And so they were hungry, so they're like, "Yes, we'll write your movie script." So they put together a script that is much more closely tied to the game where it is, he's a detective. He's right. just following up on just it's normal run of the mill mystery kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And they start running into these paranormal things. And then that kind of sets up kind of the thrill and the, uh, scare factors and stuff like that, where <laughs> I think Uva <laughs> was like, it's, it, it's funny. Um, well, I have to put like a link in the, notes or something right but has the whole breakdown of how uva kind of like completely turned the script around <laughs> yes. she's like there's not enough car, car chases, chases yeah. there's not enough guns you know guns yes. there's not enough paramilitary people right. there's not enough slow motion explosions or any of that um the script writers bounced um uh, <laughs> but i think you do get some of those inspirations that find their way into the final 
movie script. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I mean, Uva said about one of his films, uh, more dialogue does not make it a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some dialogue makes it a better movie. Good but, good yeah. dialogue makes it right. can make it a good movie. I, I felt like there were missed opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this before uh, we started recording, but I felt like the backstory of this character that Christian Slater is, is much more interesting than what we're seeing on the screen. You know, you feel like, Oh, there's this Indiana Jones type character and you kind of want to know where he's coming from and what's going on. And actually we do learn a little bit about his character and his backstory throughout the movie, and you just get to a point where you realize that you don't care, right? <laughs> well, right. But it, but it's instead of having like character traits yeah. that are kind of fleshed out, right? It's you get bullet points That's on the right. character sheet yeah. as yeah. opposed to yeah. like a fleshed out backstory. You know, we talk about I other mean, stories where it jumps from A to Z or something right. like that. This just starts at like W, yeah, and then you're like, I feel like there's more that we should know, and I'm missing but part of the any joke information. Here. I mean, the bullet points I think is an excellent uh, description because yeah. that's how information is presented to yeah. us. It's like Tara Reed, the first time we see her, she's there with the delivery guy, and um, the guy is like, "Don't you know who she is? She is the exactly curator of this place." And her boyfriend disappeared four months ago. You know, it's and also like, the shipment is from the Akbani, right. whatever tribe of ancient <laughs> artifacts that you're investigating right now at this and, museum that you work for. That's exactly right. <laughs> Wait, this says that only Doctor Such and Such should open it. Yeah, yeah. And yet we were already given a good five, ten minute intro, <laughs> right? That you know, where was leading us up into the story, and yet there's all these holes, and we still can't figure out where we're going what the point is and why we should care. Yeah. We still don't know. Yeah. No. I, I was thinking like, are they going to just come out and say like, Oh, Christian Slater's character. His name is Edward, right? Yeah. yeah. Edward has a charisma of 13. Right. Exactly. <laughs> has, has a, has a plus one on his dexterity. <laughs> because it was That's so totally what it was like. It was so yeah. like bullet pointy and it was just exposition dumps and yeah i feel bad bracken usually sits by me when we watch the movies and when the dialogue gets really bad i start groaning like (laughs) so i feel bad for him because he probably can't hear the movie (laughs) there was not much to miss (laughs) so i i have a interesting thought here so if we talk about the film like what parts were good like what parts were done good because this is unlike other movies we've seen like uh, a talking cat where just everything is really bonkers yeah yeah there were a lot of things that were done good and individually a lot of it was done good yet the whole thing is horrible Mm -hmm. and i want to know let's see if we can figure out what's good and what actually is the bad part like what Mm -hmm. makes it bad so So what's good first for me i thought the the monsters Uh were halfway cool yeah there's a part so there's that's I'm assuming is the alone in the dark part right. is they're like these shadow creatures. And when you see them, they're translucent. You see straight through them in many cases, they're more like shadows than anything, right. right. And then um, at some point they materialize and you can right. kind of see them like forming. What I thought was cool was if they had just stayed as that kind of like half shadow, mm-hmm. like there's a menacing threat that I don't know that's really there. Like right. I thought it worked well. Like, in signs i thought the original alien does an excellent job yeah. like it's hints and it's like it's scarier that you don't see them yeah and then 
Instead, he fully leans into, no, yeah. they're monsters. Now that we've revealed them, I'm going to show them to you all the time. Right. In all their glory. We oh, spent all of our money on the CG. Yeah. They, I mean, seemed, they seemed a lot like the demo demodogs in from stranger things right, right yeah um and of course this predates that right so the good good uh, inspiration for that no, stranger yeah. things was in the 80s oh i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no that i mean the design was okay they also reminded me kind of of the dogs or of, of the monsters from uh samael from hellboy if you guys ever saw that um it's just kind of a dog creature basically yeah. you know with, with the, like with teeth and, and, stuff. and yeah. a long tail and stuff but so yeah the character design was not horrible nope uh it was passable the animation for the most part was passable as well i mean it was uh 2005 low budget i was actually surprised at some of the stuff they got away with on a low budget uh the visual effects that they were doing um what what about the rest of the production design i mean like the costumes the costumes uh so they're paramilitary dudes Mm mm-hmm um, I think we looked up they're they're wrapped head to toe in like, like paintball skating gear. gear and paintball gear. Paintball gear, yeah. And that's and about skate it. Skate helmets. And you can yeah. tell not one of them has ever picked up an actual rifle and there was not like no a proper muzzle control. Yeah. It was that was teaching them <laughs> like here's yeah. proper military like communication. <laughs> here's how you move. There's just a bunch of dudes in black outfits swinging guns everywhere and saying stuff like Check 42. The area's clear. Okay, roger, roger. Get the Jenny. Get the Jenny. Get the Jenny. And you guys didn't like the helmets either. I heard several yeah. people mention that during... Well, well they watching. looked like skateboard helmets. Yeah, like yeah. Or skateboard bike helmet helmets. With a little bit of a visor that might, might or might not come down. Yeah. I thought they looked an awful lot like like a rock climbing helmet that just had a visor. Yeah. Because it had that kind of same like right. smooth look, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they Weird were modeled choice. after that communication lady's beanie. Right. <laughs> I, I felt the production values were similar to like a USA cable movie. Um, not bad, uh, mm-hmm. not great, uh, but decent for the budget that it is. Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, the special effects were pretty great. Um, a lot of shooting. Yeah. Uh, you know. The car chase I, was fun. Yeah. Some of the I, I really like the the fight with Christian Christian Slater had at the beginning where there's you know they're fighting near the ice cubes yeah and right the, the, very, well, very well choreographed um, fun and I thought I'd see a little bit more of that throughout the movie but I actually didn't see a lot you of that. might have but the way that they cut it you don't <laughs> and, know yeah and then there were some moments where and it, sometimes that's good right. where the it's a lot of it's in black and yeah. dark and you can't see things. And that can work really well in a movie where you're, you know, it's a thriller, it's suspenseful. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see everything, but it didn't really quite work. Right. Um, it just was, it, it was, was kind of so more of a... confusing to follow the fights. You it, never it, knew it was. who was fighting who. It kind of gave a noir feel, but it just yeah. didn't quite put well, you there. I feel there. like those noir, though, kind of that style is shadows. It's yeah. not, let's just turn the global illumination down right. until you can t- barely see what's happening. Right. Yeah. And then some guy screams and yeah. I think that's blood spraying. It could be oil. I'm <laughs> right. not sure. Yeah. Well, and they, when they finally go to this shadow realm or whatever, <laughs> it's so dark. You yeah. can't see. You can't actually see anything. You, I, yeah. You, you, you think that, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, you should feel something here. Yeah. You should feel like awe and terror. Yeah, yeah. Awe and terror. And instead you're just like, completely indifferent like yeah. you don't care you don't you're like i don't even know what's going well, on in there but i don't even care i mean so with the mcguffin this movie's full of mcguffins yes yeah it should have been like mcguffins in the dark or something right but like <laughs> so when they finally 
assemble all the for, for those that don't know what yeah, a MacGuffin okay. is. Uh, what's a MacGuffin? Uh, so, it's like that breakfast sandwich at McDonald's. <laughs> uh, sausage, egg, cheese. You know, it's made from puffin meat. Um, so the MacGuffin is like the object. It's like the Holy Grail. It's, the- it's like the object or person that like kind of drives the plot along. Yeah. So the perfect example is the Maltese Falcon. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're trying to get the Maltese Falcon... Um, and I haven't seen the movie, but in the book, you don't see the Falcon till like, right. like the end, but it's like kind of a driving force sort of thing. So, um, as was mentioned, there's this ancient civilization that was wiped out mysteriously and they, for whatever reason, I, I don't know if they hid all these MacGuffins across the world or if the people who came after them did. <laughs> so the movie and, is full of contradictions like that. Yeah. So they say like the civilization wiped out. But they also say in the same breath that they broke up this key and spread it across the world. So I don't, I don't know if they just sent their last five dudes out on ships. Like yeah. we're all dead. Just go hide this yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> just get out of here. But uh, so there's a ton of these objects in the movie, and and then I guess maybe it was in the dark, so we didn't see them assemble all of the MacGuffins together into this magic key, because what. Um, when they go to put it on the door, I was like, this looks nothing like the, like the, the individual right. decoder <laughs> travel cup thing that we saw. <laughs> right. And, and it was like, where did all this stuff come from? So, uh, you know, but at that point I was like, I just don't care anymore. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> so I, I, I watched, I punished myself. I, this is now the third time I've watched it. I watched it two days ago in prep. And then obviously I watched it tonight. So they do show when she's using her little grocery store scanner, to scan uh, whatever's Carnby's <laughs> little MacGuffin that she has laid out on the table. There's a few other pieces right. that I guess they've collected over time, right? And so, again, this goes to the whole thing where there's so many plot holes. Yeah. Not that there's just like, oh, I want, they didn't really think about this. They just literally, they just never explain it and they yeah. just assume like, I'll just show a one second clip and just assume you know that all of this goes together. Okay, because yeah. uh, it... it I mean, the little orphan... So, we call it the Little Orphan Annie Travel Cup because you remember those camping bugs that collapse down into yeah. themselves? It's like that, but it was like covered with... a telescopic with, thing. Yeah, yeah a little telescopic cup. and a blue gem or something. And yeah. it was covered with some... Hieroglyphs or Some runes yeah. or hieroglyphs or... Or, or Alblacani or whatever the people are. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Rashka, yeah, the... Uh, Dohecahedron people. I don't know. But like, they, it was the Omega Hedron. <laughs> and so, I thought we decided that it was Bodai's cousin. <laughs> but we're digressing to Supergirl. But I mean, so so that MacGuffin actually was kind of cool looking, and it was a, a wasted thing because it would have been cool if it was something you were supposed to decode. Right. But like, yeah. So there was all these all these MacGuffins that never really explained at least in my one viewing right was not was not explained and they and it was and it was funny to me that underneath some random orphanage in <laughs> in unnamed town USA yeah really in Canada and right. is where the gate to this shadow realm is and it's just like a it's looks, like a cellar it's just, door it's like a cellar right. door it looks kind of like something you'd come from a star trek set right yeah and it was like with a, how, with a how, rusty how, master lock holding back the gates of right, darkness and hell. Right. Like how how would no one have known about this? Yeah, and yeah, it was 
Yeah, by the by that point, I, I had kind of checked out because I was just confused as to what was <laughs> well, going on. And we get into this lab that's adjacent to this, right? Right. And we find out that Christian Slater's character. I, we found out earlier we, we in the story. <laughs> we already know. We've already been told yeah. that there's been one of these aliens put inside him, or. I, and it's not even like we as the audience know, but Christian Slater doesn't. We know because Christian Slater knows yeah. <laughs> that yeah. he's got the And, and it's been in him for like 40 in. years. Yeah. And it's just kind of dormant. And they're like, well, I guess we could take it out. And he, and there's this like pause. <laughs> so the, and, and they're just sitting there staring at each other and like looking and like, and he's like, Mm, let's just leave it in. Well, he says. He says. It, I, I think it looks dead. Let's just leave it. Let's just leave it. <laughs> he says like it could paralyze you, and then there's a awkward pause. <laughs> let's just leave it. It's fine. So, so we later on when we get to the scene in the lab where they they show up, then there's the big reveal where it's got the character Christian Slater's name. His character's name on this little it says C Slater. Yeah, it's, it's got his name on the little. I don't know. Is it a bed? Bed or it looks like it a looks changing like, table. Looks like a, yeah, like a koala changing table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, so there's like several of these, and it's like the big reveal, and then they do the flashback, and he realizes, oh, this is where they put it in me as when I was a kid, and it was it was the organization that i'm working for now and they're all involved and it's like well, we don't really care so and we kind of already then, knew this and then there's yeah. nothing else done it, yeah. so there's yeah. nothing there's no point of that whole it's subplot what yeah. and, yeah. and the creature never comes out of him it doesn't there's no purpose to right. why well this was in there in I the in it, the first place well, i think right. it was to help i think it was to help the bromance between him and steven dorf's mullet Right. <laughs> he didn't wear a bike helmet. Yeah, he, no, he he did not want to mess up his hair. I, I think it was I think it was exposition for that character because remember they were kind of frenemies all throughout yeah. the movie, and I I think it was so that they could understand each other. He's like, yeah, they bonded Steven over Steven Dorff was like, I don't trust you because you're infected with a centipede, and he's like, but you know I'm not because I'm not a zombie like everybody else who has one right and he's like i'm gonna take you in or whatever and then christian slater shoots the zombie girl and well, steven dorf was like okay you're back in well he's like he yells he yells his name like, right to get his attention like he's gonna shoot him right and then shoots the zombie behind him so instead of being like turn around he's like hey look over here while i shoot the zombie behind you yeah, if that that reminds me. There were actual zombies in this movie. That's right. Yeah, yeah and they they come out of nowhere and well, out of the dark. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess. So, <laughs> you know, all of the paramilitary people were alone in the dark together. Yeah, yeah they were. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I mean, I mean these. <laughs> I'm just trying to say that <laughs> these zombies just kind of start to show up and then you then they go they get they shot and the, they kill them really there's quick so many guns shooting then they're gone and they never show up again so the, <laughs> and then they're this, shooting these demo demo dogs yeah know, right but i mean Creatures. like the the whole fight against the the zombies this is where the music video happens the the, the german metal music video happens, okay th right? this is fun yeah, yeah. it's it's Wait, fun do the setup of the scene uh, and okay. how absurd it is and then how it transitions so 
what I remember is that all of the paramilitary guys, what's their organization called? 713? 713. Bureau 713. Bureau 713. They're all at christian slater's house they're not though no <laughs> remember it's, it's right just, yeah. they're scanning the macguffin and they're talking about it right <laughs> right just ter- i don't even remember aline aline yeah. yeah we're just gonna say tara reed and yeah. slater okay so they're looking at the computer and they're kind of like talking about this thing right right they hear a noise yes and then a couple so well it's first it's slater's best friend shows up right and it's like john what's the matter it's me he ends up killing him. And then, yeah, because he's a zombie, right? He's trying right. to kill Slater. Yep. And then Tara Reed's character pops off, you know, two other dudes. Right. Who, it's unclear because a car pulls up and two of these zombie characters jump out. Right. Like, literally into his room right. somehow. Like they're in his apartment. Yeah, his, his apartment, which is like a It's like a loft, loft. A studio, yeah. but it's like a huge it's, studio it's a loft. Big it's almost warehouse. like the TARDIS in it's Doctor Who. Huge. Yeah, it like, is. Yeah. You go in, you think it's just this kind of... One room with a high ceiling. Yeah. No, there's multiple floors. Well, and it's, <laughs> and a car it's, comes inside. Yeah, like, there's a car weird. inside. It's set like that last scene from Indiana Jones when they're wheeling away like the cart of yeah. Uh, oh yeah right <laughs> whatever thing. And yeah, there's like, crates. That's and his stuff. room. Right. That's his house. Yeah. So so they shoot those right the right. dudes and then all of a sudden it the cuts flicker. to the strobe yes black and white yeah. cut like fast cuts okay yeah take it. so there's there's like two dozen. Guys with machine guns that kind show of show up. Yeah, they all show up out of nowhere, and uh, the lights basically go off. And then the only light we're seeing is the muzzle flashes yep. of everybody as they're firing. And tracers. And tracers. Yeah, which they had to explain. Early, there are special, yeah. special kind of bullets. They're magic they're, bullets. Yeah, magic bullets. Anyway, and they're like orange or yellow. They're orange. Yeah, 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 yeah orange bullets. Yellows, yeah. yeah. And so uh, you're getting this really heavy German metal music that's playing and then these muzzle flashes and tracers shooting all different directions every every gunshot is pointing a different direction and it's like these people are killing each other yep. i mean if they're right next to each other it's like two dozen people in a 10 by 10 room just shooting every direction yep. <laughs> So, pro tip, if you're ever alone in the dark and you have a paramilitary organization, backs to each other and right. shoot out. out. There you go. <laughs> Don't face into the circle and just shoot indiscriminately. Yeah. But, I mean, that is probably the coolest part in the in the whole movie, according to me. Because, uh, I mean, I liked the music. The gunshots went well with it, you know. It made no sense in the movie, but I kind of had a, I kind of had a seizure. Yeah, that's true. It is <laughs> not for people with the photosensitive epilepsy. But it's completely that this art style, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. is nowhere else in the movie. It was pretty. It oh was yeah, that's pretty right. Awesome. Because like, there was randomly, like there was just like yeah, there was like a, a treatment over the thing. film. Uh, also, it wasn't yeah. even like sharp. I mean, it was like all of a sudden, it's kind of a little bit cartoony or kind of. Yeah, Gaussian blurred out a little bit and kind of uh, it's very ethereal stylized. and yeah, yeah, it's very stylized, different. I think uh, that was just the shape. Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could have been, but <laughs> and then it's over, and then it goes back to you come into the room and there's literally two dozen of these paramilitary dudes in his in his what seven thousand square foot studio apartment, <laughs> his magic loft. Yeah, yeah. So. That part yeah. was fun. That was a great, actually, a pretty fun scene. It was fun. Um, 
I don't even remember the intervening parts that gets us to the part where they then have their next gun battle. It's okay. We don't need to relive them. Yeah, we don't. We don't to, <laughs> we'll but skip the, ahead. Uva Ball obviously didn't care either, right. so we won't either. <laughs> no, they, they end up having a big fight against the dogs. Right. So, yeah, somehow. Yeah, somehow but they're all where congregating. Where are they? Like, I, I don't understand. I must have missed something. They're in like, the old no. tire yard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I, so, I, I don't like, think so you it's did. An old gold then. Mine. So I didn't miss anything. I don't think you did. Okay. No. Like they didn't. They didn't like I go back to they the. Forgot. They didn't go back to the um, orphanage, right? They went no, somewhere no. else, it's right? A gold mine. And they go into a mine, old yeah. abandoned mine, yeah. right? And they walk down the mine steps. Actually, they don't. <laughs> that's not how the main people get in. Right. They're they all gather together, and this one agent sits down and dusts the ground, and then the ground falls. Disappears. <laughs> Disappears. And he falls down this, you know, 150 foot hole. This is the Indiana Jones portion of yeah. the movie. And lands on some spikes. Yep. I think we need to introduce one more character, and that is this professor, the oh, evil yeah. guy, who like six the. Yeah, that's right. I thought you were going to say Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> <No. laughs> he, he is our Wicker Man connection. That's right. So. Do you know what the actor's name is, Bracken? I'll look him up. Okay. Okay, so I'll explain this character. So, yeah, how did we skip over this? He's, so, he's there at the beginning. He's like literally he's like the, the main, main bad guy of the entire movie. This is how you just don't even care. That's not true. The script is the bad that's guy. True, that's true. That's true. The script is the bad guy. So, <laughs> and the Google Translate session they used to turn oh, the German man. script into English. This was back in 2005, so it was like Alta Vista Translate. It was right. Babblefish. Yeah. Um, so at the beginning of the movie, so he is the, what, what do we call him? The curator, the director of the museum. Yeah, he's yeah. the curator because she was the assistant curator. Yeah, so his name's Matthew Walker. And um, he, uh, that's that's the actor's name, not the character's name. I don't even remember his name. Professor it, Higgins? Professor uh, Hudgens. 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 Yeah. Lionel Hudgens, yeah. Who Tara Reed's character reports to at the museum. He is on this mission collecting all the MacGuffins, right? So all these artifacts he's trying to get. Um presumably with the goal of opening the gateway you see him throughout the movie doing very shady stuff like he's the one that initially high you know triggers the assassin to go after yeah. <clears throat> christian slater's character we actually see him in the very first scene but you forget about that oh right yes you forget about yes. that almost instantly yeah so he's yeah he so he's the bad guy from the very beginning so right it's, they're not even very like, he, he, mysterious yeah. about that. He, it's 20 years earlier or whatever, 30 years. I yeah. don't know how... When, I think it was 22 years. Was 22 it? years earlier, yeah. and he's like, okay, let's take all the orphans and call the police and tell them that they've all disappeared, yeah. and then we'll go take the orphans wherever we're going to go do our research, right, right? Right, And one got away. And that's... Then we don't... I mean... Yeah. And then you forget about that in the next scene, and you even see him on the boat later. And don't even realize it's the same guy. <laughs> I, I completely forgot yeah. until you guys mentioned it. I've seen it twice in the last two days. That's how poorly this was done. Exactly. So, so anyways, like, he's like, somehow he has a captive, one of these demi-dog things, in the museum. Yeah. In his in, office. In his office that he's been stealing blood from and injecting, injecting into, into his arm. Which presumably is giving him, like, magical powers to control them. Because That's you gross. see him later in the movie, like directing them right and he's like using the little whatever spine worms yes to take over other people and kind of like create these sleeper agents so 
I guess on some level it all kind of like that is an explanation. It, but... I don't know yeah. if that's the, I don't know the explanation. Yeah, but I don't yeah. even know what his end goal was. I it's unclear. Yeah. It's unclear. <laughs> it's unclear. How did he die? Did he die? Yeah, he did. Remember, the... he got knifed. He got knifed right, by right, that's right. right? <laughs> Stephen Dorff's uh, bullet yeah. knifed him. Yeah. And... <laughs> was, was he the one that you saw get up after he was killed? No. no. Okay, so it, I never saw that. In scene. the original scene that I saw, when they fell down the tunnel and the little sandworms that kind of come out of the ground. Oh, bites the girl on the leg bites, and kills her. Yeah, bites one of the soldiers. I feel like there was more soldiers, but it may have just been her. It, this honestly was like five-ish years ago when I saw it. Um, and <laughs> before the scene ends, everybody runs off scene because they're like escaping from this room. And the actor gets like props himself up as just like half getting up off the ground like the scene's over. And somehow it made it into the edit. <laughs> you can you can see that in the extended version. That's the version yeah, that he saw. Yeah, go find it. I don't know. Um, yeah, it, I, I don't know what they were doing. So, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say just uh, another kind of thing that illustrates <laughs> Uva Bull's kind of approach. Yeah. Uh, he made another movie. I haven't seen it uh, called Blubberella. Uh, it, he made it at the same time that he made uh, Blood Rain three uh also called blood rain third reich and there was another movie he made called auschwitz um they all took place in world war ii so he was making blood rain three and he got this place in romania that was like an old world war ii kind of place and it had like tanks and stuff you know and he had it for 11 days so he's like hey let's make these other two movies at the same time in okay. 11 days. In 11 days. I love it. So uh, the way that he made Blubberella was they would film a shot from uh, Blood Rain 3, and then he would say, cut, print, and then they would get rid of Rain, the girl, and bring in this other girl, Blubberella, and do the exact same no, scene no with way. Blubberella. Oh, but it was done uh, more as a comedy, so it was like goofy and stuff. Maybe she'd say something else. And... Uh, the actress who played Bubarella, Blubberella was like, Uva, none of this is going to make any sense. We're just <laughs> doing all of these shots that don't make any sense because they weren't doing any of the things that tied the shots together, right? And he says, it doesn't matter. As long as I get 72 minutes, I can cut it together, and that's all that matters. <laughs> if you've listened to the podcast all the way to the end, you know you can fix anything in post. That's right. <laughs> So I, I remember I read the little blurb for Blubberella, and yeah. I thought it looked kind of amusing because she's an over like a heavier woman. Yeah. That that when she walks, like the ground shakes, <laughs> and she has some sort of magical power. If any men that make fun of her, that she kills them. Yeah. And I thought, I was like, well, I mean, this sounds like something we would watch for the show. And <laughs> so I, I will just say as a warning, um, other than his video game films, when. Uh, Uva Bowl gets to do a film that he wants to do. Um, they are very um, offensive. Offensive, <laughs> like yeah. uh, on purpose. Like no, he yeah. he pushes. Um, and really, a lot of people have who have seen his films like Auschwitz and uh, Attack on Darfur. Um, these are like social. Like he's he's making some kind of social statement with them, yeah. and uh, he gets as offensive. Like he feels like he has to be offensive for people to actually uh, take notice. He he talks about how 
Schindler's List isn't enough anymore. We need to, you know, just like show a lot more graphic, horrible things from World War II to get people to understand. Isn't that why we have Inglorious Bastards now? Right. I mean, that's <laughs> right. But then, then there's Postal, which is just one like he tried to get as offensive as possible. So if you're not watching his video game movies. Prepared to be offended because no, that's like, his and, intention. Yeah, I mean, totally different movie. Maybe yeah, we'll review it. Probably not. Like, I would say, Postal, so far off. I don't scale plan on, on watching it. That, no, no, because exactly like you yeah. said, he was saying, "What is the most offensive thing I could say yep. right now, or what's the uh-huh. most offensive thing I could show?" And he says, "Let's do that, but twice, right? Or, mm-hmm. Something absurd like that." Yep. But so that's Uva Bowl. Yeah. Um, and so you can kind of see he's the... more interesting than the movie. He is. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, I mean, so Ben, you yeah. you watched the documentary about yeah. him, and you said you kind of had like a little bit of a man crush on him. Well, afterwards, but... a little bit. I wouldn't. I don't know if I, I go that far. far but... <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say that my opinion after watching the the documentary about him, my opinion about him changed because my thought, the thought that I always had was, he is such a horrible movie director. Like how. Uh, you know, he's just horrible. And then you see him and he just like tells people to where to go all the time. And he's just so rude and gruff and stuff. And I'm like, man, this guy is just horrible. But everyone who works with him loves him. And he's by all accounts, very kind and funny. And um, the thing is, he's just very gruff and um, brutally honest and not uh, very humble as far as, like taking direction from anyone else. Hey, and listen, when you are making funding and producing uh-huh. your own movies, who cares what anybody so, else says, especially if they're printing money do you for know, you? you know, he says that about, because people ask him, how do you feel? Because he got golden raspberries. How many Razzies did he get for this? I mean, it's like five nominations he or got something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he actually received like a, a lifetime achievement for he got, a worst, he got director. worst director. Right. Yeah. The same from the that Razzies. This was removed. Right. Yeah, that this was released. And, uh, he, he actually responded like he, he did an acceptance speech for the Razzies and made this big deal about, Oh, you know, and with all kinds of obscenities oh, is, and stuff. Is so good. Yeah. And he's like, ah, I hate all of you people and stuff, you know, but it was all in good fun. Um, but, uh, it's like, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, the, that was my opinion. He's this horrible guy. Right. Yeah. But, he makes these movies. They make money. He knows how to make money from them. Uh, they don't make money in the box office. They make money in the DVD market. Uh, that's where his goal is. Make money with DVDs. When the DVD market started to go away, which uh, from experience, I can tell you, was a drastic change to the movie industry. Um, so how did this movie do? What was the budget? Okay. And So the budget was $20 million. And... That at least according to Wikipedia, it grows twelve point five million. That's I'm worldwide. That is just theater revenue. Yeah, I'm assuming he's obviously made it more is. and everything mm-hmm. else. So Ben was saying, yeah. what, like, what would you normally expect for DVD so, sales? So uh, I, I was looking up kind of the uh, how that translates into DVD sales because they don't report DVD right. sales usually, um, and it's probably five times that that he made worldwide. Uh, so five times twelve, you yeah, know what wow. is that sixty? So he made forty million dollars on right this pile. Yeah, Jeez. and so it's he and oh, this is what his his thing was. Is he, he's like, hey, I make money, um, and he says to the critics when they people would ask him, how do you feel that you're you know everybody hates your movies and 
he's like, I don't care. I'm making movies. I like to make movies. I don't care. And all those critics, none of them make movies. He's like, they talk about movies, but I bet you they can't make them. <laughs> Which is actually a really good point because for the most part, most critics are not filmmakers. Right. Right. Maybe they have some film education, but they probably haven't ever made a real film other than with their buddies on a... The last movie I made was in high school. Right. About a tennis ball that saves the high school <laughs> in ball. film school. Or right. in, in, in my film <laughs> class in high school. Well, there you go. You're a filmmaker, yeah. though, so you're, you're, right. you're qualified to be a yes. proper critic. Yeah. <laughs> Uva, come at me. <laughs> nice. So I yeah. reckon most of the budget went to Christian Slater's jacket. Yeah. It did have a lot of high-quality buckles on it. Um, and then to read hairdresser maybe yeah and her spray tan and her spray, yeah. her spray yes. tan uh well probably i mean honestly probably mostly went to the cgi and the car chase yeah and the magic bullets but uh, there are a couple of helicopters in there they were on ships there was lots of yeah so that I mean, yeah i mean that was effects. one thing like he, some of the set dressing was actually like we were kind of like oh he actually spent real money on that like you would expect I mean, like that's his thing he he's very smart with yeah. his money he gets the most out of it that he could yeah. oh one thing i was telling you guys this before the way that he gets his actors is he waits until it's one week before filming and then he goes to the agencies and he says hey i'm going to start filming a, a movie in one week who needs a job and you know, there's people who haven't had work in a little while, and they're looking for something. And here's a guaranteed job next week. And wait, you're telling me Tara Reid and Christian? I promise that's how it happened. Had not. Happened. Yep, that's exactly. I can't say that with a straight face. I think that Christian Slater did a pretty good job. I mean, with what he was with what given, he, with what he had, I honestly. Think- yeah, yeah. In fairness, like I, he delivered lines; they were stupid lines. I think that he, I think he came to work. Yeah, that's right. I feel Stephen Dorff did the same. He was thing. trying to do something good. He'd never worked with Uva before, and uh, I bet he'd never seen any of his movies. Well, he probably hasn't because the only thing that there'd only been one before right. that. Right. So I, I feel. I mean, Tara Reid, we got exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. But like, um, I, I don't know. I think that uh, Christian Slater, he was probably the marquee name, and I think that he did the best he could with what he had. Yeah. I thought the acting was all pretty competent. Uh, Tara Reed was enjoyable just because you would see her react to other actors. Like after she delivered her line, she'd like look at someone else like, okay, it's your line now. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> or sometimes when they're, she just was on a, on a scene with Christian Slater and they're in the streets at the very end. And she just look over at him. Like now what do we do? Oh, like yeah. that kind of a thing, you know, but but, you know, generally I'd say the cast, the acting was pretty competent for the lines that they were given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say it was just sort of. Right. Just, so, oh, I can't open it. So, where, where would you guys put this on the list? Nate, I'll start with you. Ooh, oh, you oh I've got the... We've got our rankings We've got out. the rankings out. Uh, you know, I'm gonna... For me, I don't know that I will really ever watch this movie again <laughs> i don't know if it's i don't know if it should go on the left side or the right side of wicker man oh yeah it's 
it's it's a it, for me it, it's out there as one of the ones mm. to definitely avoid but definitely in no man's land it, yeah. It's, yeah it's definitely a no yeah. um um since i said wicker man and i mentioned a little bit earlier like the professor guy is also the pilot uh, in, wicker in, in wicker man so that was a nice uh, connection there right but uh, yeah that's i think that's what i would do i'm like you, you don't need to watch this movie like we did it for you um <laughs> And I, I, yeah, I'm Bjorn putting, did it three times. I'm so. putting it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm putting it. I'm putting I'm it down. For you guys. I'm putting it down on the on the no man's land. Okay. Where I think it's. I, I don't know. Wicker I don't mean. I don't know that it's. Um, it certainly doesn't make you as mad as Wicker Man. No, it's not. It's and it's not Battlefield Earth. No, it's not. Um, right. So maybe I would put it just on the left of Wicker Man. Like Wicker Man, it was annoyingly angry. This one, you just were kind of apathetic. Right. I felt like it was. It it's, needs to keep um, Battlefield Earth company and be a little bit to the left of Battlefield Earth. But I would definitely not want to see this again. <laughs> and just because I, the the plot is so. Yeah, there's no plot, and right. so I, I'm you're just not involved in this movie at all. And it does kind of, you know, Wicker Man. There's a few slow spots, but this movie had a lot more slow spots. Where I'm just kind of waiting for something good to happen, and it's just another shoot-up scene after, and you're like, okay, and oh, I guess that person died, and I don't really care. So, I, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'm kind of putting it near Battlefield Earth for me. Definitely, I wouldn't want to watch it again, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. So I've uh, I've seen this three times. <laughs> That's three more times so than anyone sorry. should really watch this movie. <laughs> I mean, the first time, I didn't know what I was getting right. into. So, you know, eyes, eyes wide open on the last two. And, Fool um, me once, shame on you. Right. That's true. Fool me twice. Yeah. Shame on Tara Reid. Um, I, yeah, I would put it right between Wicker Man and Battlefield Earth. Yeah. It's, it doesn't really have anything redeeming. It wasn't... I don't know. Again, it's right on there with Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't as angry as I was with Wicker Man and frustrated, probably because it was so absurd that right. my mind was caught on that and less so about, like, please something happen. Right. So that's where I would put it. So I think... Uh, I, I agree. I would put it just to the left of uh, Battlefield Earth, between Wicker Man and Battlefield Earth. Uh, this film, I experienced something that I can't remember ever experiencing with a movie before but you know how like when you're in high school and you've got an assignment you got to read like stuff from your textbook and there's like 10 paragraphs and you start reading and your mind kind of wanders and then you realize you didn't pick up anything you just read and you have to like reread it and stuff i feel like that's what i experienced constantly with this film i watched it i just everything went through i don't think my mind wandered but i have no idea what just happened and I feel like I need to go back and watch and see what is going on. And uh, I don't think rewatching would even help you know what went no, on. No. So, again, this is the third time I watched it. And I didn't connect the, the orphan professor with, with the boat professor who's the main bad guy in the movie. You had a lot more points to the story than I ever would have picked up. Oh, yes, for real. And you were mentioning this scene and that scene. I was just like, wow. Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely it's... this is one to skip you know i before we finish up here i did want to put say one big giant thing that we missed the very end of the movie 
Tara Reed and uh, Christian Slater come up out of the cellar, and there are no people on Earth. Right. <laughs> so apparently they all got wiped out or something while they were in the mine. The monsters killed them all or well, something? Well, there is... We don't know. Remember, there's that... <laughs> there's a timestamp and a little message that says, City Evacuate. evacuated. Right. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. The but, but entire that's, city but, but that's, over that's a four-hour period... That's how the plot has moved along. Or they're all this dead or something. Who knows? Yeah. The city's anyway. evacuated, but all the cars are still on the streets and lawnmowers on lawns. With the door open. Yeah. 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 Anyway. I guess there is a sequel to this movie. So yeah. it must have made some money, so, so, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's a different cast and it's not the same director, but it's a sequel. Yeah. Alone in yeah. the Dark 2, Together in the Light. <laughs> 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 um, so... Oh, we forgot to say about our rankings. If you want to follow along on our rankings, you can follow us on social media at... Uh, so on Instagram and Twitter, our, you can follow us at BMWR Podcast. Uh, and you can see the rankings, follow along, see if you agree. Uh, and also try to guess as new movies come up where you think we're going to rank them. I'd like to suggest if they don't agree with us, uh-huh. then we'll do an Uve... <laughs> yeah, produce, we'll have a, we'll have we'll a one Danny. subscriber to fist fight us. Producer <laughs> Danny, and if they win, we'll, we'll we'll change our opinion. <laughs> and if and, you've got suggestions for future movies, you can always email us at bmwrpodcast at gmail Yeah, or leave comments on the Instagram or Twitter, and yeah, we'd love to hear. We'd love to hear from you. Suggestions, um, thinly veiled criticisms, maybe. Open, open hostility. No thanks. <laughs> and if they do, you know, address them at Bjorn. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, that's it, guys. Yeah, thanks. Talk to you in. Bad movies worst reviews. Bad movies worst reviews. Oh. Ugh, that was terrible. Can we fix that in post?